Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Hey guys, and as always, I'm here to wish you as many happy special days as I can. And we got some good ones today um, on October 16th. First one is Happy National Sports Day, as I hope Keenan Allen gets me 49 more yards and Austin Eckler 11 more. Does literally anything. And Tony Pollard (laughs) a touchdown, so I can hit this uh, Monday Monday night parlay. Also, a Happy National Clean Your Virtual Desktop Day. I don't know about you guys, but I have about. 50 icons on my desktop currently. What you guys are. You just got a new PC too. Um, it depends <laughs> on what we're talking about. I'm counting my I'm counting my laptop. We're talking work That's... PC or are we talking what All I got right. on the one here? Nah, you know, your your regular PC. Oh, uh six. Six? Six? Uh two of them are the intro and outro songs of this podcast. One of them is the last week's episode's raw file. One of them is a link to my work OneDrive and then my recycle bin. I think that's all six. Nah, that's some serious killer I'm, shit. I, I Mark, very, how many you got? I'm very paranoid about it. I do not like it. No, no. I'm a messy bitch in every aspect of my life, so the virtual desktop is just as messy as the regular desktop. Uh, I do – this PC is – I mean, technically, it's Christine's PC, and it's not too bad. Um, but, yeah, my old, my old PC, which we stopped using like years ago, is like a freaking mess, so – yeah, yeah well, I get it. I get it. It's a good that, that's a holiday. I think everyone could at least, you know, take some solace and get yeah. something done. Yeah. Well, going back to Bobby's, he's uh, he's definitely skinned some human beings in his lifetime. Six icons. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was real harsh. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him how his trip was to New York Comic Con was. I asked if he bought anything cool. This motherfucker's out here convinced come comparing me to serial killers. <laughs> and this whole time, he's probably thinking, that's a great shade of brown. Mike skin is. It would look great as a pair of moccasins. The number of times Mike showed up to my apartment <laughs> when I was in law school, far too drunk to function. We could, we could have made these moccasins years ago. Let's put it that way. Nah, but you see? There's no sun in Syracuse. So the whole time you were thinking, not tan enough. <laughs> he's, he's playing the long game. <laughs> are there any other days, Mike? There are. Uh, I wish you all a happy Global Cat Day. Uh, shout out to my boy River, you know, meow, meow. There you go. Anything else? Is it, were we supposed that to follow a, up with that? Well, this was a follow. It's a cat. Here, I mean. so this is... Yeah. Oh, well, that was the dismount. Meow, meow. Uh, I missed he's, that. He's I, done. I didn't get it. Okay. Real quick. Because, <laughs> you know. Say, I, was, I, was, you know saying, I was saying the message to River. You know, meow, meow, motherfucker. I want to wish, because we were just talking about him before the podcast, a happy birthday to the best bout machine himself. The cleaner, Kenneth Omega, Kenny Omega, 
I love Kenny Omega. Okay. And we were talking about him. I saw it's his birthday. Sure. And I was looking to see what's October 16th. I'm like, fuck, it's Kenny's birthday. And Kenny's the man. Kenny's 40 now. Jesus Christ, dude. Stop getting dumped Damn. on your neck. Stop getting dumped on your neck, Kenny. Uh, hang out with Mighty Mouse a little bit more. Do that shit. <laughs> okay? Jesus. End up in more video games. Let that Takashita dude just dump him on his dome like a week ago, Mike. And I was like, the fuck, Kenny? The fuck? <laughs> Why? Remember, Kenny, remember when Kenny was done being champion and he's just like, I don't see straight. I've had vertical for six months. One of my shoulders, I can't lift past like this high. The other one only goes this high. And I think I've had a torn ACL for two years. <laughs> oh, was was this the stream where he also has the guy with the chisel and hammer just yeah. working on him? Dude, what is that? Have you guys heard, Mark, have you seen this YouTube channel? It's like this guy's a chiropractor. It's just... And his channel is mostly getting attractive women to make uh, make noises while he breaks uh, cracks their back. That's the gimmick, basically. But then he has like wrestlers on there. You're still, I think you're muted, buddy. Okay, I, I think I've seen. Yeah, thumbnails. but Kenny's on there Kenny. talking about like he Kenny basically is like listing off like the same injuries one would have if they got like you know, I don't know, in like a car accident with Optimus Prime. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like it's that bad. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Our bullshit aside, there's a lot to talk about this week. Um, we're going to talk about the UFC 294 card. We were going to do that anyway, and then fuck, the whole thing changed. The main and co-main event. Got a bunch of savages out here willing to take these fights on short notice. Hope they got paid. Mm-hmm. going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ding Dong, the fucking witch is dead. USADA is gone, and it appears that I don't think I've seen the UFC light a bridge on fire with one of their actual like partners this like aggressively before and the fact that the ufc's pretty much got a hundred percent (laughs) support from most people from the media more or less on this one really tells you everybody's opinion of usada um we're gonna talk a little bit about um if we get to it the disaster that was that misfits boxing card um because i did watch that thing and i'm a lesser man for it we're gonna make our picks for ufc 294 um and we're going to do a little bit of uh, stuff we like. But first, Marcus, let's knock this out real quick. The UFC was in the apex. Edson Barboza mm-hmm. fought like a fucking warrior in front of all 15 people that were there. Mm-hmm. Man, Sadiq was tuning him up in round one, but that gas tank started to go. And then all of a sudden, you're getting beat up to the body. And then there's a wheel kick. And Sadiq's having a bad Saturday at the end of it. What'd you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, I mean, overall, a really good fight. Um, you know, and, and Sadiq in that first round did the things that he needed to do. They came in with the right game plan. We had seen Barboza kind of buckle against pressure early on. You look at like the Gaethje fight and some some fights like that where a guy's really aggressive and just, th- you know, gets in the pocket and throws big hands can, you know, get him out of there quickly. And I think that's probably the best strategy. And Yusef was doing just that, caused a lot of damage, got in the pocket, threw some really heavy hooks. Um, and then, you know, half of the second of the first round, he took him down and tried. It looked like he was trying to, you know, go for a sub or a ground and pound finish. And then that didn't materialize very quickly. Um, and then that round kind of escaped him from finishing, you know, he could have followed up in the second, but it did seem like the gas tank started to turn on him a little bit after that first round, he might've dumped a little bit too much, um, or was even thinking like, okay, maybe I'll just pace it out. But, you know, Edson started getting in his groove and, and when Edson starts really kind of like flowing and targeting the body really well, and, and not just targeting the body, liver shots, hooks to the liver, kicks to the liver, um, it really slowed Yusef down enough where he was not able to capitalize. You know, Edson was able to get that pendulum s- swing. And then especially in the third, like you said, he he landed his famous wheel kick. And, you know, luckily for um, Yusef, did not 
get finished with it. He was able to survive. He was on the, he had the fish legs, you know, he was holding up the fence for a second. And, uh, you know, I think some bad planning on Barboza's part in that moment as well, because he had uh, Yusuf dead to rights. He was on the ground. He probably, I don't think Yusuf actually moved. He was on all fours. He could have just backed Edson up. Like, I think the referee would have stopped For 20, him. like <laughs> almost like for 15 seconds, like Edson was like grappling with him. Like, oh, I'm going to take his back here. And like, it's like Yusuf's not moving. He's basically unconscious. Like if you just three good hard punches, the ref will stop this. But he wanted to, he felt he, he followed him down and then, you know, was trying to go for a submission and, and to, then to Yusuf's credit, right? Like he survived, he was able to, you know, finish out the rest of the fight, but Edson, you know, and I think they were, they were saying towards the fourth round, like scorecards were kind of close. The second round, not a ton happened. I think, I think Barboza won talk, that. Yeah. I mean, I think Barboza won. Anytime the announcers start talking about scorecards, I realize how fucking stupid everybody is. Um, yeah. I used to, be I mean, in the moment, Michael always... Bisping, he's not, Michael Bisping's not good at this. Anyway, I don't know what happened. He got yeah. real bad. But I mean, <laughs> going into the fifth, it was still fairly close, you know, and if Yusuf might've, pulled something but there just wasn't enough in the tank so yeah barboza just really was able to survive and then make those adjustments and then looked good for the rest of the fight like he still had a lot of snap in his punches going into those later rounds and i think even in the fifth yusuf knew he needed to like turn it up and did a little bit just too little too late uh big win for edson yeah. kind of you know turning back the clock a little mike this is like the fourth or fifth guy in a row depending where you look at it that they've had edson fight some young guy that they're gonna be like hey let's get a good guy a win over edson um, lost to Giga Chikadze and Bryce Mitchell. The last two, Billy Quarantillo and Sadiq Youssef, Edson's like, all right, like, fuck this. Um, we got to give this guy like a, I know this was a main event, but let's get him a, like a fight where it's not clearly won. Like he's deserved one against a guy. This is like, we're not just trying to make a name off Edson. You know, he's won two straight. He's probably ranked number 10 or 11 now. Like, what do you think, man? Let's get him somebody we know. Like maybe he's not like 24 years old or 20, you know, someone not going to come up. Well, you know, there's always the fear that when someone is Edson Barboza's age, he's going to be 38 in about three months that, you know, they're not in the title picture anymore. Um, that at this point in their career that they're just going to be used for – you know, to, to have younger people make a name off of them. But sometimes that they just keep knocking on the door and they show, well, you got to really reconsider this. And in this case, when you look at his two last fights, they've been extremely impressive. And, you know, Bryce Mitchell isn't a slouch. It's not like Bryce Mitchell is some, you know, middle of the road fighter himself. He's only 16 and one, uh, just beat Dan Ige of what, uh, about a month ago. Yeah. So I think that considering Barbosa was ranked maybe 12th or I think 13th in this fight, as you mentioned, he'll probably move up to maybe 11. Yeah. So he's I never fought for a title for what it's worth. Like I'm not saying well, he's, he's that he, close. And this way, he's not going to be fighting for a title. Well, this weight class, year, the champion anyway. of this weight class is beating everybody's ass. Um, give him Calvin Cater, Mark. What do you think? Let's have Barbosa versus Calvin Cater. That seems like a reasonable fight. Yeah, another name that popped in was like Arnold Allen. So I don't know where Arnold yeah, is. That, that might be a little too Arnold high. Four? I mean, yeah, okay. That feels I'm not, like I'm not looking at the rankings. So I, mean, I don't if know he who's beats around Arnold that, Allen, that ten. You give him a fucking title shot. He then, jumps by up the way. significantly. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, it, it's not like Barbosa is some 24 year old who's just cracking the top ten. I think you know who Barbosa is. 
he is still only getting better with age. Um, you already know he's a top flight fighter. He just had a little bit of a skid. That's why he's ranked so low. So if you want to serve him a top five guy, I don't even think anyone that's in the top five would be totally against that because Edson Barbosa is still a name. He's just had two very good performances. So yeah, I, I can is, easily see the UFC booking him against the top. Does Arnold five Allen have a fight, Mike? Fight, Mike? Do we know if Arnold Allen's got a fight? I'm not entirely sure. There used to be, there needs to be a website that tracks this shit. Like what's like Movsar Ivalov on January twentieth? So Movsar, I think, is ranked number eight. I don't know, man. Give him Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, one of those guys. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I, Emmett would be a big. Fight I was for him a little Emmett disappointed. A bit of a name. I did not like. I thought Sadiq. I think we all. Mike said it. We know who Edson Barboza is. He has known deficiencies. By the way, we could probably stop making jokes about the man's chin getting hit, dropped with a jab and all this shit because the motherfucker, like, I don't know, man. He seems to be surviving a lot of fights these days. That, like That really had to have been the most perfectly yeah, placed I think jab that's, I think that's what that was. Now. I think that's what that was. Um, that was also nine years ago. So, like, um, I thought Sadiq, I think we know what Edson is and the fact that there was no effort to employ any sort of ground game. And I think he's generally a terrible human being. And if you want to read up more on Lloyd Irvin, go for it. Motherfucker knows how to train grappling. Like, I don't know, man. I think like an effort at some point. But maybe he was just tired. He just looked like he was getting tired. And he was getting beat up to the body. And he was not having a good time. And that judge who scored the first round 10-9, Chris Lee. Just go home, man. They can't be paying you this much. This can't be worth the abuse you're going to be taking today online. Like, come on, just go home. For... For Yusuf, I would just imagine you would hope the takeaways here are, are a lot of learning lessons, right? It's the first main event. It's the first time going five rounds. It was five hard rounds, right? He had to dig deep in the third first to survive. First fight in year, too, by the way. Come first back. fight in one year. So, like, I, I think there's lots of things, even in a loss here, that a young fighter can learn from, from fighting a veteran like Barboza in your first main event and doing as well as he did and kind of letting it slip through his fingers, too. Like, you kind of learn, like, hey, there's there's a thing to pacing for five rounds, and there's a thing of winning five rounds, right? Like sometimes surviving isn't enough. Like it's great you got this experience and you know what it's like to be in there five rounds pushing hard against a guy who won't go away. You need to learn how to push through that and get the shit done in the fifth, right? Like you need to learn like when stuff's not going your way, when you're down on the cards, you really need to to push it through or you this is the result, right? Like yeah. you lose the fight and, you know, this is probably going to hurt him to some degree, right? This could have been a big jumping off point. So I think there's lots of lessons to be learned here for a young fighter like him. If yeah. he learns them, if he adapts, if this makes him a better fighter in the future, time will tell. Yeah, and uh, we were trying to get into this a little bit faster, but let's get into it now, Mark, since we know we, we got to talk about the big news. Shifting uh, abruptly to UFC 294. Uh, to summarize, Charles Oliveira got a nasty gash on his eyebrow in the mm -hmm. final round of sparring. Um, before he was going to go to fly to Abu Dhabi, needed to be replaced in the main event. Uh, UFC called Dustin Poirier. They called okay. Justin Gaethje. And they called Alex Volkanovsky. These are the ones we know they called. I'm sure they had a bit of a hierarchy, a.k.a. who can we get to take this for less money maybe too. But I also know, hmm. we also know that... Um, because what's his name was technically the backup, Mateus Gamrot. Um, That's right. Which yeah. he is the still the. I think he's, he's the back. People are getting all huffy about why he was in the Gamrot. I think he's the backup for 
make weight while you're there. Like, if you're there, make weight. Like, that's the thing. Also, these people are spending a lot of money to bring the UFC there. They would like, no offense to Mateus Gamrot, but I don't need to watch this dude fight a wrestler that's worse than him. Like, it would not, no one knows who he is. I'm sure everyone was like, if we could get a more high caliber fight here to sell the card, let's try to do that. Justin Gaethje said he can't make weight. Um, Dustin says he said yes. And Volkanovsky said he said yes because Volkanovsky's a crazy person, by the way, too. Um, because the only one who had anything to lose here is him, I thought. But I'm just not sure how much he had to lose. Um, well, let's talk about the other change, too, and then we'll get into both of these. Um, other one is Paulo Costa had some had some staff. Uh, didn't look so great, honestly. I know I said, I'm not sure if I believe this is real or a troll job. And then I saw the thing. I'm like, that ah, looks gross. That looks gross. So um, he wanted to still fight, but then he had to have yet another surgery, it looks like. Um, so replacing him is former welterweight champion of the world, Kamaru Usman, a man who has not fought since he lost the rematch to Leon Edwards. Didn't look bad mm-hmm. necessarily in that one, honestly, either. I think he lost the majority decision, though that judge who scored it a draw probably should rethink his life. But it was not like it wasn't like Leon like beat him from pillar to post, you know. Kamaro held his own. That's your new main and co-main event of UFC 294. Bunch of people celebrated saying these are better fights for both of these guys. I just want to say I think that would be true if they were not coming into this fight with as much notice for the fight as you and I are having. Um, Seems like a real short turnaround. Mark, your immediate thought, I guess, let's start with the main event of Alex Volkanovsky saying, yeah, fuck it, man, I'll do it. And um, I know I'm supposed to fight Taporia in January. And then the UFC being like, yeah, if it doesn't happen, we'll book Max Holloway versus Taporia for interim title, which don't do not do that. Please don't do that. But Mark, what do you think of this uh, new main event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely intriguing, um, you know, it, and more so than the Oliveira fight. You know, we are looking at two rematches, but at least with the Volkanovsky fight, like it was a more competitive fight. It went the distance. And, you know, especially how that fight ended with Volkanovsky, you know, on top, ground and pounding, kind of winning a... I think overall in that fight, winning like the moral victory and then also like finishing as strong as he did. Like I still I actually watched that fight like a couple days ago. It is the like, betting favorite, I think, for fight of the year right now, by the way. If you look at like a the, lot, that first that fight? first fight is up there. It's right up there <laughs> with Moreno and Pantoja and uh Gaethje and Fizzy yeah. for people. A lot of people. I mean, watching it again, like it's it, it's impressive. It's impressive how Volkanovski performed in that fight, given I think how good Islam is. The quality for people. Right, because yeah. we can get about fight of the year. Yeah, but that's I, a later and, conversation, you know, but yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, so this rematch is more appealing than the Oliveira fight because, you know, Islam kind of, from what I remember, and I haven't watched the Oliveira fight recently, kind of walked through him, right? He finished him, mm-hmm. was in the first or second round, like... I it don't was, it was one-sided enough that you and me were talking a week or two ago, and I was like, are people too excited about this, or is it just me that this is not going to be that close? Well, right, like, and, and <laughs> to, to Oliveira's credit, like, the dude was, like, an extremely dominant, like, maybe one of the most dominant lightweight champions that I can recall, because his reign was so, I mean, lightweight doesn't have a lot of champions that reigned long. He did it very well. He finished a lot of his fighters. That Islam fight was just, did not look good. So it was like, you know, was it a bad performance? Is Islam that good? Maybe we'd find some of those questions out when they eventually do fight each other. But at least with the Volkanovsky fight, it was that was a fight leading into it. It's like, well, there's a lot of physical things that Volkanovsky is at a disadvantage, his height, his reach. Um, you know, obviously the weight, you know, Islam's probably gonna weigh more than him. 
Um, and then even just on a skill factor, it's like this dude's wrestling's insane. His standup is, while somewhat rudimentary, you know, very deadly in its own right. Like, I don't think people give Islam a lot of credit there because, like, you know, he doesn't even think flashy, but he does everything right. And he can crack people um, and then take them to the ground. And Volkanovsky did extremely well in that fight. He asserted himself well and then even ended the fight, you know, doing well, getting on top and doing some ground and pound. It definitely seemed like Islam's gas tank was was fluttering a little bit. So I think there's a lot of appeal here. Um, but with Volkanovsky, like you said, without the training camp, it's like, okay, how how prepared is he really going to be? Um, and, you know, for some fighters, this could be a bigger worry than others. Because I do think he does seem like an athlete who won is is probably training, you know, maybe not fight camp wise all the time. But it seems like he's a guy who doesn't get up shape. Um, and then this is also a fight that he's wanted. Like he wants this rematch a lot. So there's a lot of, you know, desire there um, for him to try to get in shape yeah, quickly. It's, it's impressive, man. And I think honestly. he's been training these things. Yeah. Right? And, and Mike, I think I think he would be silly if he didn't think this might happen. To, uh, given yeah. His Mike, um, you got to give credit to Islam here too, right, man? Taking on the only guy that's made him look human such that people, people thought he lost that fight. Taking on that guy. It's a wild change of opponent. From Charles Oliveira. You gotta give a credit to Islam too in this thing. Though I I don't think he had any say in the matter. Just putting that out there, but that's a different geopolitical question. Um, but putting that aside, Mike, honestly, props about I mean, I wouldn't tell them to say yes. Well, what'd you think? <laughs> Muted. Yeah, I definitely think there is an element of that. There's no way he would have been able to pull out of this fight, mm-hmm. considering where it's being fought. Yeah. Um, additionally, I think also this is, you know, a bit like a an old pair of shoes, though, you know, in terms of this isn't a completely new opponent um, in terms of Mahacha fighting Volkanovsky. So even though you're going from Olivera, um, you have fought Volkanovski before, so your team will have some type of game plan. Um, although, I would think there's a bit of a disadvantage considering that Volkanovski pro- and his team probably have been thinking more about Mahachev than the other way around in terms of if there was ever a rematch. Uh, how would you go about um, actually getting the, the win this time? Would you surprised if Alex pulled this off? Surprised? No. Um, no. If they were fighting again, I'll be honest with you, I think I was going to pick Alex if they were fighting with full camps. Spoiler alert, I'm probably pick, I'm almost certainly picking Islam, but full camps. After what we saw, I was like, I think I'm taking Volkanovski if they fight again. What did you think? Like, based on, like, after that first one. I think size was definitely a bit of, of, a, of a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I think it was a bit of a difference maker, then think on any given night, if, let's say... Alex fights a little better or his game plan is a little different, he could win. So I wouldn't be too surprised if even with a short camp, he's able to pull this one out. Yeah, we'll see make our picks here at the end. Um, the other fight, um, Chimeyev, who fights once a blue moon, and I'm still convinced he can't fight in the United States. If they book him his next fight in the U.S., I guess I'm wrong. But I don't know why he needed to wait an entire year to fight. It's like they didn't Has- know. Has he not fought in the United States yet? He hasn't fought since last September. And in that time, the U.S. State Department did say that they're looking into Chime- uh, what's his name? Kadyrov, the way they were looking into Daniel Kinahan, which is why the Fury brothers can't do anything. 
So, anyway, um, Chemayev, who uh, took the news of this fight to be to call um, Paulo Costa a homophobic slur, um, is now fighting former welterweight champion of the world, Kamara Usman, who, um, if you read the internet correctly, is an old man with bad knees who can't walk on any level. But if you watch the video of him climbing out of a pool and then dancing, you're like, I don't know, he looks okay. Um <laughs> Immediate thoughts on this fight for me, honestly, was really think it'd be great if Kamaru won this fight. I, if they were on, I'll be honest, if they was, I want to see this motherfucker fight a middleweight, man. I'm just going to say it. Why? Like, he's going to get a title. The winner of this fight's getting a title shot, apparently, they said. If I'm DDP, by the way, you know, I don't like calling him that. If I'm Drickus, I would maybe make a phone call about what the fuck my status with this company is. Just putting that out there. Um, is this too much to ask, Mark, that this dude fight a middleweight before he becomes... I know Kamaru's moving up, but like... And I know he was a champion at 170. And God bless, he was the number one pound for my fighter in the world. I'd like to see this guy fight a middleweight before he fights for the middleweight title. That was honestly my takeaway, more than anything else. I'm like, he's... Once they said it was for a title shot, I'm like, why? Like, maybe before it was, when he's fighting the number five middleweight. Now he's not. He's fighting an unranked middleweight. Am I asking for too much, Mark? Or the 2023, I gotta recognize reality. Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely a weird circumstance that either of these guys would be fighting for the belt um, and they just haven't been in the weight class and, and really tested the waters all that much. Um, I, obviously, I think we all see the appeal of why these two guys particularly would with, you know, I, I mean, is Chebev, was this going to be his first middleweight fight? I he, fought he fought a middleweight, middleweight a while before. back. He fought Gerard Mearshart like Holland? three or four years ago. Okay. okay. Holland, was, Holland was at 180, I guess. Or or the, I don't know what the fuck happened there. The man showed up okay. seven pounds overweight or whatever. So okay. 10 pounds over. So, I mean, it, it's weird. I mean, look, they're, they're middleweights kind of in this weird spot right now in general where, you know, Strickland's a champion that no one really, really thought that was going to happen. Um, there's kind of a clear number one contender who doesn't seem to get the shot. And now these two guys, which, you know, you have one Usman who was, you know, a, a very popular pretty dominant 170 champion who's you know ran into leon edwards and you know is stalled out there but maybe 85 is i mean is that was that the talk that he was always going to move up to 85 i don't necessarily that was remember. the talk for a while they've been circling this fight for a long time like they a lot sure. of people were talking about usman versus chamayo like before they booked the paulo one so yeah and i mean i would say like look like the title that could just be hearsay. I, who knows, right? I mean, Dana will say a lot of things before a fight. We'll see what actually happens. Who's injured, who's not, and how this fight goes, right? Because that could change the whole who's getting the next title shot in general. But, like, I've been extremely impressed with uh, Chaimev Kazmat, and I think him and Usman is an extremely interesting stylistic matchup. And I do wonder, you know, if this gets into some grappling exchanges, you know, how that's going to hold up. And Man, Leon, honestly, took, Leon took Kamaru's back. In that last fight. That's what worries me. I don't remember that second fight at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, but also, like, I hear these talks, too, about, like, how bad his knees are that he has to, like, walk up and down the stairs backwards or something. Like, like his knees, they make it sound like when he walks on cement, he's about to crumble like an old Roman statue. It's like we're we're about to have, it's going to be C-level Kane, motivated BJ, and Kamaro with good knees. It's going to be the next fucking It's something like Like that. that. It's wild. Half my thing is like, in just watching um, Kazmat like wrestle, and like when he gets in Greco-Roman wrestling stances, like is trying to take you down, like he's chopping and throwing you down. Like I, 
if the knees are as bad as they are, I'm not going to be surprised if he wins by injury or something. I could see like a trip takedown where it lands weird and that's how this fight ends because like the rumors of how bad his knees are and how this dude kind of tries to ragdoll you like I could easily see him trying to like stand up or post up and just a knee kind of like bending or snapping in the wrong way and just being like, oh, yeah, this dude's injured. He should not have taken this fight. But um, I hope everybody's getting a lot yeah, of money it's... for this one, man. Just want to say, oh, I hope uh, they're, all, they're all getting a big check for this. And uh, yeah, just saying, hope that's the case. Um, it's worth mentioning that we'll get to it in a second later on. But it's worth mentioning that uh, Chamayev won Gilbert, beat Gilbert Burns in a very close fight. And uh, mm -hmm. that was him fighting a top level welterweight because he never got that far either with the, with the weight losses. And Kamara Usman... If I remember correctly, knocked Gilbert Burns into next Tuesday. Yep. Um, obviously, <laughs> that's MMA math and it's fucking pointless. But and Kamaru's fighting on ten days' notice. I'd like to emphasize that again, if Kamaru's as old as us and he's doing this, or yes, you know, with all, both of these fights, honestly, I think if it was full camps, I'd be more inclined to like go the other way. And this is a spoiler for twenty-five minutes from now, but probably not. Um, I don't think this card's all that good, but we'll talk about that later. Um, let's talk about the big fucking news of USADA. Um, we kind of talked about it here and there for a few months now where I said they should get rid of USADA. They don't serve a purpose. What are we even doing here? Like, you know, um, UFC is getting rid of USADA. Um, replacing them at the end of the year with Drug Free International, I think is the name of the company, which is more so a... Um, a collector, they kind of do the admin work here of like picking up to picking up, getting the getting the test, giving sending it to the labs, yada yada yada. The UFC is going to take a more active role, I guess, in like suspending people and maybe a more nuanced look. Look, I don't know. People are all fucking like whatever about nuanced. this. Mike's, Mike's making this face. What nuanced? I mean, look, is that man. a way of saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge? Eh, maybe we don't go test Connor. What do you think? I mean. Mike here uh, showing a good example of why Conor McGregor is going to sue USADA for what they did to his good name. Um, no, sitting aside, they're going to be treated the way they do every other sports league, which is basically because they don't – no sports league is out here arbitrating, uh, uh, sending out these cases to be arbitrated by somebody else. They all decide themselves. There are exceptions to here and there. Um, what you saw this week, though, quite frankly, is um, – and I could never do this justice. I know Mark watched uh, some of this. I don't know if Mike did. Um the way Luke Thomas went through the different ways USADA doesn't do anything, really, that they can prove of value um, is worth listening. I'm going to be honest. That man might have single-handedly changed my opinion on performance-enhancing drugs. Like, And it's not wow. that he's like so much in favor of them. He's just like, there's nothing to prove what you're hurting or not. You need to like... You can't just make these decisions based on drug hysteria. You got to prove what the fuck's like. What are these things doing or not doing? Um, USADA tried to bury Conor McGregor in their weird ass statement. Um, I don't know. Well, I think, he's, I think that's why he got fired, right? We don't know for sure, but it would seem it, like. Dude, Luke said it. If Conor McGregor is the reason he got rid of, he got these schmucks out of the UFC, that's it. If that, he's like, if that's Conor's lasting legacy, he's done a great service to everybody here. Like, I mean, because the way it, it, it kind of the way they said it and the way it kind of lines up was essentially that Connor entered the pool. It seems like they want Connor for 300. But you saw said like and I think they lined it up where it's like, well, he entered the pool 
300 is going to be in six months. It's actually in seven. So he works sh- even better. <laughs> seven months. Okay. So, it works even so it's like he's, so he should be cleared by then, right? As long as he, he doesn't fail in his drug test, um, he should be cleared for 300. And it seemed like he saw it as like, well, it could be longer than six months. It could be nine months. It we seemed to, like they wanted to make an example case, of this dude um, for and get themselves well, out there. They don't, pr- the USADA, I think Luke said it well with Luke Thomas, where he's just like, what do you get for doing this? They can't prove anything they've achieved here. They can't prove that they're saving anything from anybody. Like they can't. The only people who get caught are the fucking people who don't have the money to get a good enough thing that's gonna like not be tested. Like Mike, you watch fucking baseball. You know what A Rod like? A Rod was taking shit that was out of your system forty eight hours later, right? Yeah. And also, none of these people agreed to this. There's no collective bargaining in this, man. Like, and the they literally had the audacity to be like the rights of fighters are being hurt by us being fired. It's like. The rights of fighters are being infringed upon fifteen thousand different ways in this thing, man. Like, yeah, this ain't the only. This ain't the only way. Yeah, this is not the tale you're gonna die on. So, yeah, man. And they ended Tom Lawler's career. Just putting that out there. He's having a make career. They fucked up a bunch of different times, man. And like, the 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 way that Hunter Campbell and um, I forgot the other guy's name. Nowitzki. Nowitzki or something. And Nowitzki is not yeah. considered some sort of schmuck with this stuff. Nowitzki hunted down Lance Armstrong for fucking like five years, okay? They're talking about how like, hey man, like this, like they want to demean this Conor McGregor, but like he went to the, like the doctor, he's like the conversations we had with his doctor were like, is he going to be able to walk again? Like he's supposed to not do certain things that are going to be medically like improve his quality of life. Like, why would, honestly, why shouldn't a motherfucker take HGH if they're going to, co- or whatever, if they want to come back from injury? Who is this hurting at this point? Like, anyway, it's a whole different conversation. We're going to see where this goes from here. Um, I'll tell you what Usada did do, though. They ended Johnny Hendricks' career. What the fuck happened? That's the only one I remember. Johnny Hendricks, he showed, Usada showed up and Johnny Hendricks stopped being a fighter real quick after that. Um, honestly, uh, snark aside, Mike, um... We've been talking about it for a while. What were these people? Like, did we believe everybody's getting tested? Did we believe all these things? Like, did we believe they could even, like, prove anything they achieved here? Like, what, what, what were they doing? <laughs> well, to be honest, this whole drama with Connor kind of leads me to believe maybe they were at least actively trying to test everybody. You think they tested? How many times has Islam been tested in Dagestan? So, again, again. I think they made an honest attempt to try to get, like, to try to test anybody. But if you aren't, like, in the remote places of, uh, you know, a former Soviet bloc, yeah, there might be some issues with actually, you know, getting getting to them. But I don't think that you can say USADA didn't try their hardest and were probably doing their best to try and actually test everyone who they could in the sport. But... Can you say they I guess anything? it goes. I guess it goes back to why were they involved in the first place? And I think it's a word that you mentioned a, a little earlier: drug hysteria. That I think Luke, Luke Thomas said. What was this? Eight years ago? Seven years ago? I'm not sure exactly. HG, it was a TRT time, baby. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. TR- I mean, I, I think, I'm pretty I think sure it was be- literally just because of TRT VT. I think it was a combination of TRT, Anderson testing positive, and John Jones. Well, John Jones has positive for cocaine at the time, but like I think it was a couple high profile things happened. Mark, you were saying you're gonna say? Well, yeah, I mean literally we knew du- dudes that were doing testosterone and getting spinning wheel kick knockouts, and 
I mean, for some of us, it was like, this is the greatest of time. But also some people like, well, this is getting out of hand. And maybe we need to do. We kicked the motherfucker's eye out of, like, yeah, out of functionality. Eyes. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, um, I think it's, it's easy to kind of hear the headlines here and be confused about like, why would the UFC do this? You saw it as a good thing. Testing for drugs is good, right? Like trying to keep it out. But I think, um, like you said, watching that Luke Thomas video, he really does kind of explain to you what you see you Sada was doing, how it was punishing and not really benefiting the overall sport at all, because they didn't really show how their testing was making the sport any safer. Right. And I mean, I guess I would make the argument. There's one less, there's one, there's one more eye attached out there than there was when it was rampant. <laughs> But, uh, Johnny Hendricks doesn't have to but, depend on a steakhouse. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, but at the end of the day, it's just like you know, I, Luke's main argument, and I, and I agree with it, was like, like where are the where's the results showing you that like there's less you know serious injury, concussions, all this other stuff. Like, how has the sport actually been safer now that you've yeah, a couple the, guys? The, the people in the UFC there. get less injured by head strikes than they do in Bellator because Bell UFC's got Usada. You know, like there's the. Stuff like Luke, that. That yeah. was Luke's main argument. Luke, Lucas, Luke's secondary argument was, I was fucking right. You can all kiss my ass. Um, the video is like 40 minutes long. You probably check out after like 21, 22 minutes, I think. because he, he makes his good points up top, and then he and there's a little bit well, of Well, Luke's uh, been like, getting shit. He talks about it, man. He's like, the reason that he says, uh, I remember he did another video. He's like, people thought that last video was a bit self-serving. That's because it was. Let me tell you the amount of shit I've been getting for the last eight years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it's his video. He can do whatever um, he wants. I mean, in, in, it's very I, Look, we'll so. see what happens. And people are just like, oh, the UFC is going to have the discretion to not suspend some guys, suspend the other guys. Fucking the NBA does too, man. The NFL does too. Major League Baseball. Does. Welcome to real life, man. Welcome to real life where everybody's not treated equally. Okay? If you are a child, um, I got bad news. One, stop watching this sport. Okay, <laughs> let's put that aside then after that. Um, life's not fair. The haves get more than the have-nots. So, here we go. Conor McGregor killed the right. shit. And Conor McGregor killed a bullshit organization. A, if you're a straight-A student, guess what? You're going to get some leeway. And if you're that little fuckhead kid who gets all C's, guess what? Whoopings for you. Unless you're, like, rich. You'll be all right at that point. You'll be okay. You might be ahead of the Yeah, I mean, sometimes a straight-A student still gets screwed. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes the inverse. Look, you go, you go to, there's good public schools. All right, you go to those. Um, yeah, man, we'll see what happens, I guess, right? Like, honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like, if someone's out with an in- – I honestly, at this point, I don't believe anybody – I think everybody's taking everything. I think if you have money, you can get anything done. You know? Like – how long was Balco a thing with like this is the thing like people are fighting you're you're uh, you, drugs win the drugs war right that's it drugs win the drug war always has been that way always going to be that way so we'll see um real onion like yeah they really they would dude I've never seen the UFC light a bridge on fire with a former business partner like that but in 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 fairness I wouldn't even call it lighting the bridge on fire. Because, they called this dude unhinged, Mike, during the press conference. They uh, called him unhinged. First off, first off, I don't think it was them lighting the bridge on fire. I think it was them returning fire uh. because who was the one who shot off the first salvo? It was Usada. Yeah. So I think the UFC was well within their rights for once to just fucking just eviscerate some people. This was one of those rare times. I was a okay. With Data White 
just calling people all types of motherfuckers. And he didn't do it. And he's like, they sent out the adults. They sent out the the, 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 the VP of operations and the guy who knows stuff to like talk to the media. Like, let's get like, like, like if data starts yelling, no one's going to take it seriously. Let's send the fucking adults. Like that was, that was a sight to behold. Um, Okay. Um, I have no idea where we are with this podcast. It's time to make some picks, I guess, huh? Yeah, right, we're going back hey, to unless you. you want to talk about you, you don't want to talk about the misfit oh, thing. Not even worth it. it was I just want to point show, this out like there. It, it was really nice as a guy holding a J a Logan Paul by knockout by TK KO TKO or DK DQ betting slip. I was like, there you go. Let me tell you, Isn't it DQ. I, it was DQ. Let me tell you, Mike. I was gonna bet straight DQ because I'm like, this kid's not. This is this kid doesn't do anything. He's gonna fucking do something stupid. Um, but then I th- was remembering how much he doesn't know how to punch. And I was like, he might get knocked out before he does that. So the following things happened. He flopped to the back. People said pulled guard. I don't know. There was no pulling as much as he just fell backwards. I don't know. Is this sure. called, is yeah. considered pulling guard mark at that point? He dropped to guard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he hoped he would. For, he hoped for some reason Logan Paul would be like, yeah, now we're going to wrestle, uh, dude. Like in the middle of his box. He went for a guard. double leg. Against yeah. a man who didn't anticipate kind of. a double leg, and then was where and got shrugged off of that one, which I'd say that was embarrassing. And then later on, he went for a guillotine and missed that too. Which of all the things that might have been the most embarrassing. And then he started to start a fight, and the best punch he threw was against it was at the security guard. He missed that too. Anyway, DQ hit five dollars became eight dollars. I was really invested in this one. Oh, that was terrible. It was so bad. The best part was Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell were doing their live stream. Um, but Brian said, this is bad in a way that isn't fun. And I was like, that's that's a good way of putting it, Brian. <laughs> he, says, I'm, he started apologizing to the audience for talking about it. All right. We're back to Abu Dhabi. UFC 294. Um, by the way, the UFC signing to do a deal, uh, a show in Saudi Arabia. I mean, we can save that conversation for another date, but that's that uh, UFC WWE merger shit right there, man. Because WWE is clearing fifty million event dollars per event they do. The UFC sending a fight night over there. So, and you know what's even more awesome? That whereas the wrestlers when they go to those events they get a next nice, little bit extra scratch. Guess what? That's not gonna happen for the UFC yeah, I was gonna fighters. Say- and profit margins I, 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 going I, let me tell you, dude, this is like woof. The, the best comment still from the Endeavor by WWE thing is the comment I read on when someone said, I feel bad for these wrestling fans. They do not know how truly cheap this company is about to be. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Islam Mahachev, Alex Volkanovsky. We got uh, first off, Mike, I believe you picked you gained a game because you and me were on team old man. And Mike was on team. I mean, Mark was on team. Uh, Mister uh, Youssef, Sadiq Youssef. I are you two up on Mark now or one up? Indeed, that is the case. I am now fifty-seven and thirty-four. Mark and Chalk actually uh, lost as well, so they are both fifty-five and thirty-six. And you gained a game on second place, and you are now fifty-four and thirty-seven. So a little and bit of breathing room for you. A little uh, mark they can step back. I don't know how different we're going to be on this card, guys, if I'm being honest. I don't know Probably how much variation we're going to get. Because uh, let's get into it, though. Islam Mahachev. This is God. Best fight odds is a mess. Islam Mahachev versus Alex Volkanovsky. Let's first go 
Uh, betting odds for this one is minus 275 for Islam, plus 200 for Alex. Let's see if I can get the odds where they closed last time. Last time they closed at minus... Uh, where the fuck is it? How is this not here? God, I hate this website sometimes. Uh, minus 335 to plus 300-ish was where it was last time. So um, let's go first to the man who picked Alex Volkanovsky to uh, to lose every one of those fights against Max Holloway, and that is Mike. Mike saw two of those fights and said, fuck it, man, Max going to pull it off this third time. So, Mike, I'm anticipating you not picking uh, Alex Volkanovsky to win shit in this one. <laughs> well, past choices would indicate that, and that is going to be the case. Um, I think... This, we're all going to probably have the same mindset with the first two fights. Uh-huh. Um, I think that if this were a full camp, um, as I had mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think he'd have a better a better chance, um, Volkanovski. Um, but I do think that Islam has actually been in a full camp, even though he is going from Oliveira to Volkanovski. I got to assume he's going to be in... Uh, better fight shape um he's likely been in that area longer at this point um he'll be more suited for it and uh yeah he's also he also has the physical advantage as as well Ooh, something bad happened in that monday night game based off bobby's facial reaction i don't like the cowboys um Ooh, did tony pollard score no not at all um, yeah, yeah, Mike, I got the same feeling you do. Look, I, I think people listening to this podcast know how much I like Alex Volkanovsky. Um, I'm a big fan. And you can go back. I don't know why you would, but if you can go back and listen to the podcast, I was right after the last fight. I said, if they fight again, I'm picking Alex Volkanovsky. Um, I probably should have said with a full camp because I think this is a very tall ask, honestly. I would not be surprised if he pulls it off because I say this as someone who is not necessarily some sort of technical expert in these things. But I felt like at the end of the day, Alex can make, doesn't have to make as many changes. I don't know what Islam is going to do with the fact that Alex makes him work so hard with his takedowns and his grappling. And again, I don't know that shit as well. I felt there was a couple holes Alex left open for, I think it was an overhand left that he kept getting hit with. And I'm trying to remember the first fight, Mark. Do you watch it? What did he hit him with? The first one that cracked, that Islam cracked Alex with. Um, I think there was a lot of left streets because I think Islam fights out of South. Yeah, it was a left. I, I felt like, I, I, I don't know, in my head, Alex has to make fewer adjustments. Again, I'm not at all a technical guy with this stuff. So it's my own bullshit talking to myself at that point. But I just don't think this is enough. I think I look, man, maybe he's in, maybe he's in full fucking flight and he knew this might happen. And quite frankly, when Charles Oliveira was acting like he didn't want to go do this fight and he was negotiating for more money, Alex was like jumping at the chance to take this. Maybe he thought I should stay ready. And maybe he's more ready than we think he is. I'd love to see it. I love Alex Volkanovsky. I think he's the best fighter in the world. Not named John Jones. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Islam, man. This is just ten days is not that's not enough time. You gotta fly all the way outside of the fucking world too in the middle of that. It's not like he's training for ten days. Like, what's he doing? He's gonna watch his own fight on the flight there. That's it. So, I got Islam. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I have Islam as well. Um, it would have been obviously more interesting if they had a full camp. Um, and another interesting approach here is like you kind of know what Islam is going to bring. I don't think he, for him 
like having to switch opponents, I don't think really changes all that much. Because when you're a specialist, like when you are a specialist in this sport, you tend to kind of just gravitate to the things that you're good towards and try to strengthen the things you're weak at. You're kind of, I always see specialists as guys that work on themselves more than they necessarily have to prepare for their opponents because they know like there are certain spots I get into, like I'm going to dominate and I should really be focusing on controlling those other aspects of the fight that I can't control or that I need to strengthen or continue to strengthen the thing that I'm really good at to make sure that, you know, cause everyone else is preparing for, you know, me to get their back to grapple them down. Um, and, you know, I think for Alex, the first fight watching it again, a lot of mental victories, I think for him, I think him just like surviving the first couple rounds. Cause each of those rounds, which were very close, he'd raise his hand. He's like, it wasn't just that like, Oh, like I'm surviving. It's like, I'm doing it. Like I'm just as good as this guy. So I think he knows going into this fight, like I'm just as good as Islam. He was able to kind of break some of that mystique of Islam Makachev as like this, like, like Habib like character who's unstoppable. I can compete with this guy. He's human. I can touch him. Um, and then for Alexander too, I think there's not a lot of pressure for his fight because of all of the, like I'm coming on on uh, 10th day notice. I don't have a full camp where like his mindset has been for months, like focusing on this. It's been very like, okay, we're fighting, you know, 10 days, right? You don't have that, like that kind of mental preparation where you're leading up to the fight, you're visualizing, he's going to be able to just kind of jump into it and maybe just fight more naturally. Um, so it could bring out a better performance or it could just bring that he's not quite as prepared as if he had a full camp, right? Especially if we, we'll see how he looks going into the later rounds. Volkanovski's always been a guy with a great, you know, um, stamina tank. You would imagine that would be the same Man, if he pulls this off. he hasn't been training, but Mark, if he, pulls this he off. doesn't. Um, if he pulls this yeah. off, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, but it is one of those things too. Like if he does, like, like you guys both said, I won't be surprised because we've seen them compete and we know this guy can compete and maybe having some of these things, not, you know, not having a full training camp where he's wearing himself down, trying to get in shape um, and not having to mentally just like focus on this for so long, maybe just coming in fresh and being like, Hey, let's just, let's go in there. Let's swing and let's see where the cards lay. And, you know, if I lose, I lose. If I win, I win. And that kind of approach could be very beneficial for him. Um, personally, I still think Islam's going to win um, because he still has all these advantages. Does he have five um, rounds of cardio the height, the off, the, off the couch? That's the question. Does he have, is he going to make it to the for, end of this thing? For Volk? Who knows? Yeah. I think he would. He just he just seems like a, a dude that could do it whenever. Like, he doesn't seem like he ever gets tired. Mm. And, you know, it, it, this is still an intriguing fight, even, you know, given the short day notice. So we'll see. But, yeah. You have By the way, early start time for this one, 2 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Pacific time for the main card. Um, co-main event. Uh, Mike, you got the man who... I don't know. His knees might explode, like when uh, Kyle's dad from South Park turned himself into a black dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or his knees are fine. I knew Mark would enjoy that one. Um, who do you got, Mike? Kamara Usman, Kamza Chameyev. Bigger odds on this one. Um, which again, I can't find shit. Oh, same fucking odds. Minus two seventy five, plus two twenty five. Basically the same. I give Alex yeah, a better chance than Kamara, honestly, but. That was a uh, that was a reference I did not get that South Park one. Oh. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Chimeev in this one. Um, <clears throat> outside of besides the he's bigger reason, that's not a case when it comes to Chimeev and Usman as much as I think it is with Mahashev Volkanovsky. Again, a very short very short notice. And I don't know if Usman's knees are as bad as people are saying, but 
there have been reports for many years that These are he all Joe does, Rogan. and he and he said it he said it himself um i think in a, a in an interview with joe rogan that he can't do running you know he has to get his cardio in different ways so i have to assume that this means that he, it takes him longer to get into cardio shape for his fights because he has to do alternative ways to actually get his cardiovascular ability so up. We got and, we got a quote for the young man, by the way, Mike. He says, my knee pain has been bad for 10 years. I've had multiple meniscus surgeries, and this is just from wrestling. I was so hard on my body wrestling because I just wanted to be the champion. I wanted to get there. He's saying he's been bad for 10 years. Obviously, uh, being the welterweight champion didn't help. But go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, so yeah. So what I was just trying to get at is that I think his ramp up and his prep for this fight on such short notice is really going to be a hindrance for him. So I'm with you. Chimaev. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Oh, okay. I, I thought you thought you didn't. Know I that. think in a full camp, I might feel otherwise. I was slowly talking myself into Paulo Costa because I'm really much in a prove it thing. We're like we're just, we're all about crowning these fucking people champions before they've won anything, man. Like yeah let's let's see right like let's see so but i just think this is is, again this is a real tall order man and this dude has been training for this fight somehow for 11 months or whatever the fuck was the last time he fought where he missed weight by 10 pounds i just think he's more prepared i think it's if this was a three if this was the same amount of training for both guys i don't know where i would fall honestly i think the betting line would be closer to marcus i'd say closer to like minus 180 ish maybe for chameov I think he'd still be the favorite, obviously, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jermaine getting it done here. Then um, yeah, dude hasn't lost, so let's let's see if we can keep us going. But let's see what he's got, Marcus. What do you got? Yeah, I mean I have Jermaine too. Um, you know, because a lot of the X factors in, in a full camp, it, it's hard to say. I mean, and I think he makes some good points about like when you really look at what this guy's accomplished. You know, he has some really. I think his performances speak higher than maybe the caliber of fighters that he's beaten. Um, Cause I mean, really the best guys he's beaten the Gilbert Burns fight, I think is the number one best fighter that he's fought. And it was a very good fight, but it wasn't really like his style of fight for whatever reason. Like he did not want to engage in the ground. I mean, we know why. Cause Gilbert Burns is a great, Oh no, he Brazilian said it's because fighter. he wanted to, he felt like he wanted to get into the that kind of problem. It's called, I don't want to go to the fucking ground with the, with the, the, the fucking world champion jujitsu guy, probably, which is smart. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, whatever, you know, reason was he stood and banged with Gilbert Burns and, you know, that's a dangerous game in, in and of itself. Cause that dude can also swing and can, you know, do a lot of damage. And he won that fight. You know, it wasn't like the prettiest fight. I don't think he used his strongest skill set. Um, all of his other fights, when he has, he's torn through everybody, but he just hasn't really fought in a lot of guys that are at that high level. And then, you know, I actually just saw like highlights of the Kevin Holland fight, and that was really good because Holland knows how to grapple. So, like, when he was going for his uh, uh, Anaconda chokes, like, Kevin Holland was there. Like, he was defending. But dude fucking defended for two minutes straight, like nonstop, constant threats, and eventually got caught. Um, and that's kind of what I want to see here. I really want to see Usman and Chayev like grappling, like to see these two guys Greco each other, and to see if Usman's knees don't explode yeah, into uh, a million pieces. Stu- I really don't. Stu- if he stuffs this dude's takedowns, um, I think he's going to not win. Honestly, I don't. I don't. Well, th- I mean, I think Usman's a Usman's a really good striker, man. Like he's, like he's winning kickball. He has, kick, he has, he has a really good jab. Yeah, he's got. He was tooting up Leon Edwards that first fight too, and Leon's a very good striker. 
Just saying. Like, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. So, um, but it is really, you know, there's a lot of questions with Usman, you know, and I think the, the second, maybe I should watch that second Leon fight because the first one, he was beating him too, right? Like he was winning that fight. Leon had to finish him in the fifth to win. And it just seemed like the whole, his whole narrative just changed after, after and before that second fight. Everyone's talking about how bad his knees are. He has oh. a, re- a fight where he's Let's not, not give you know, people too much credit. Well. You know who picked Leon Edwards to win that fucking fight? Me. You know who was still a big-ass favorite going into that second fight? Not Leon Edwards. All right? Not Leon yeah. Edwards. Yeah. I sat down here with my... He's 35. He's over 35. Those motherfuckers never win titles. Leon's at home. Leon's good. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it was a close fight, man. Most people did have... Because um, Leon got a point taken away. 48-46. Right. 48-46 yeah. was most people... Some people had draw. One person did have a draw... Um, like Usman didn't win the fight, but it was, you know, it was close. He was fighting the welterweight yeah. champion of the world 20 minutes ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see. Um, I got to try my have, yeah. but, and I, and I hope it's a, it's a good performance. Cause I mean, this guy, I mean, to be fair, all of his fights have been fantastic. Yeah. Even the Gilbert Burns one. It's all great. It's really yeah. fun. He, he goes out there to fucking kill. So, and I think Usman, when put under that pressure, He's either going to crumble or rise to the occasion. So it's like something's going to happen. You know, I, I can't imagine this is going to be boring. So I'm excited. I wanted to check real quickly to see, did he actually, is UFC stats broken or is my internet just bad? I don't know. Whatever. I was trying to see if he actually wanted to see if he shot on um, Gilbert or not. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that fight well enough to say uh, he went two for three. So it wasn't like he wasn't trying to go down there at a certain point. Maybe it was just too much energy he was expelling. All right, this last one. Honestly, I think this is a... I would not want to bet money on this on Magomed Ankalaev. Just putting that out there because the way Johnny Walker fights. But Magomed, Magomed Ankalaev hasn't fought in a fucking year either. What the hell's going on? Um, Johnny Walker uh, is on a run here, man. He's on a run. Um, beat up Anthony Smith. Beat up Paul Craig. Beat up Yon Kutilaba. Anthony Smith was yelling at him about taking food from his family or something. It was real weird. It's real weird. It was real uncomfortable because uh, I don't think this was working because Johnny Ocker was just confused. Um, his English wasn't good enough to understand what the fuck's going on. Betting odds for this one, though, uh, pretty one-sided fight because I think everybody thinks this is going to go away. It's going to go with Ankalaev and Johnny Edwards. Johnny Edwards. Johnny Walker. Minus 350 plus 275. Uh, Mike, I'm going to not make you go first because I think we're all going to be on the same page anyway. I got on Kalayev. Um We all got on Kalayev because it's a long podcast already. Anybody got anything? Yep. Yeah. I'll just say yep. this. Johnny Walker pulls some Johnny Walker shit and knocks this man out. I would not be shocked. If there's anybody on this sure. card to pull some weird shit and win a fight, it's this dude. <laughs> so, you know, just putting that out there. You know, if you're going to, if you had five bucks, you never want to see ever again. Johnny Walker by KO isn't the worst decision you can make in this life. Just saying. Um, rest of this card's okay, man. Um, if it was free. Um, I don't know this dude who is like a minus 500 favorite, like at all. This Ikram guy. Um, I, apparently he fought a guy back in, he's got a one UFC fight, not counting the contender series that none of us watch. Um, he's 30 years old. He's from Dagestan. He's 14 and one. He's got a loss to Kamzat. That's it. Um, he knocked out Phil Hawes, uh, back in May. Seems like it's going to be a rough night for, uh, Warley Alves, who at one point was a bit of a prospect. Um, 
but he is probably not going to win this one. Marcus Muhammad Makayev um, against Tim Elliott. I find that pretty interesting because I think Tim Elliott's about three feet taller than him. Like, I don't think okay. Muhammad Makayev is very tall. Um, okay. Like, I think, it's, I think it's, it's going to look like Mighty Mouse, I think, is what I'm getting at. The fact that Tim Elliott is, uh, fi- is making 125 pounds at that height, uh, Muhammad Makayev is somehow listed as taller than him. All right, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I think that's going to be an interesting one. Um, also, yeah, I think this needs a title fight. I think this isn't a very good card. Mark, you got your. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I mean for a pay per view, it's a little lackluster. I mean, the first two fights are interesting, and the third fight's kind of whatever. If Johnny Walker lands, what Johnny Walker can land is interesting in the third fight. That's what we're banking on, <laughs> entertainment wise. I mean, it's tough. I, I definitely look. There's been worse. There's been worse pay-per-view cards for sure. Um, and then giving that to the main and co-main had to get changed on short notice. I think when you look at all those aspects, it's like, well, they kind of did the best they could, especially with the main and co-main. It's just the rest of the card that's a little weak. And, you know, we talked about before, when you're asking for 80 bucks, like that main card should really all be fire. Like I should be excited for every one of these fights, not just the top two. But especially, I two. think the top um, two people are like, oh, it made the card better. I, if you, if from the beginning, these were the two fights, I'd say, yeah, these are better than those two other fights. But I would also say, if both these dudes go out there and both of them look like, oh man, looks like these guys didn't train that much, like, and they both get bulldozed, like, you know, it's like, did, was it better? You know, because these aren't like we wasted know. two good fights, then, you know, also, then we all got to sit here. If like, if, 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 like, if there's going to be questions no matter what. Because we saw what Alex Volkanovsky looks like with a full camp against this guy. So if if, if Islam beats him and it's one-hand-sided, we're going to be like, well, great. You know what I mean? Like, Because there's, there's no way you're going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, Islam made yeah. necessary adjustments. It's like, no, Islam trained for this and Alex didn't. You know? Sure. If Chamaya yeah. trucks Usman, already people are going to call him old. But they're going to be like, oh, the old guy didn't train. You know? Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Mike, you got any thoughts on this thing before we go to stuff we like? I do not. Although I do like, uh, I always do like a earlier, earlier card. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. Yeah, I do like that part too. Eating an omelet and watching fights is a thing I do enjoy. Give me a, a bunch of coffee to go through this. Thing. That's a brunch. That's a brunch omelet, baby. Yeah. Eleven o'clock. If I can get, you know, get some hash browns, maybe too. You know, we'll get, veer off that diet a little bit. Get some hash browns. That'd be nice too. Um, if you can get a fried potato in your meal. Your day's not going to be worse. That's what I'm getting at. Um, all right. Um, let's do stuff we like. Um, so I watched football, rest, uh, boxing, and uh, MMA. I don't think there was any wrestling on. Honestly, I don't remember if there was. I might have watched. Actually, I did watch. I watched Collision, too. That was real good. I forgot. Brian Danielson and Christian Cage. Brian Danielson is like the best wrestler I've ever seen. It's, it's, that's really it. Brian Danielson is just better at wrestling than everybody. It's amazing to me how good he is at this thing. You know, he's almost done. He's better at it than anybody I think I've ever seen. Just bell to bell. It's incredible. Um, yeah. Um, I've watched more. Mike, I've noticed I've watched more college football this year than maybe the last, like, the entirety of my life up until this point combined. I've never cared. And I don't know what it is, but I'm actually watching like week to week college football and like 
I know what's what, going on generally. I wonder what why. What is bringing this? What was brought this? Uh, I would say gambling, you? but I could have gambled last year. I don't know. Some of it was like, I think I like the uh, fact that the West Coast teams are good. I like this transfer portal shit too, quite frankly. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I like the general chaos that is college football these days. I like that the kid from USC is in an Arby's commercial. It makes me have Wendy's. I like that these kids are making money. I think that might be it. Also, I don't know. Not that I had some sort of moral stance about it before, but I was just like, I'm, I'm, how angry am I going to get at this kid making zero dollars and, you know, eating ramen noodles tonight? Um, anyway, um, I don't really got a lot this week. I pre-ordered Spider-Man. I saw a couple of reviews just briefly. I didn't want to dive in too much. People seem happy, Mark, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lots are doing pretty well. Not like insane, but not bad at all. Is it and, better or worse than last time, or do we even know? No, I mean, the only thing I've heard is like uh, people complain about some of the side stuff being repetitive, which is kind of like in these open world games. That's what they're all, all these, these collecting games. things is kind of 91 on um, Metacritic. Metacritic, which it's not bad. It's one yeah. of the high reviewed games this year, but not the highest. Like, Tears of the Kingdom was higher. Baldur's Gate 3 was higher. Street Fighter, Resident Evil. Yeah, the Taylor but, Swift movie is yeah, 84. Breaking, breaking 90. The Taylor Swift movie is apparently oh. what we need. If you're going to get Sonic Superstars, don't. Because we'll go see Taylor Swift instead. It's eight points Taylor higher. <laughs> yeah, that well, young woman is a walking economy. See $100 million at the box office, Mike? People that go watch a concert film. I'm amazed it's not 200 mil. It's All young. right? Y'all underestimating my girl Tay-Tay. Woof. Girls out there killing it. Come a long way since being Jeff Jarrett's babysitter. Real thing. She babysit his kids. <laughs> hmm. Jeff Jarrett is like Jeff Jarrett is like the Forrest Gump of wrestling. <laughs> Just in a bunch of different places. I don't got a lot. Um, I think we end with uh, Mike here because Mike probably had the most interesting weekend in terms of what he did. So, Mark, let's go to you next. Not to, yeah, not uh, to hype it up too much, Mike. Start thinking of some cool shit. Jesus, All right, now start man. thinking of some cool shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got, I got a, I got a laundry list of stuff this week. Um, like you mentioned, lots of games coming out this week. Um, I, for me personally, Spider-Man Two is the biggest one. But on that same day, uh, Super Mario Wonder, which is the new 2D Mario game, comes out for Switch. Um, Bobby actually mentioned it. Uh, I think when you guys were listening to this on the 17th, a new Sonic game, Sonic Superstars, which didn't review super great, but Sonic games usually don't. This is a new 2D multiplayer Sonic game. That, you know, for most of the reviews I saw, it did decent enough. It was mostly just heard complete, people complain like Sonic doesn't go fast enough in the game. And some of the camera stuff with multiplayer is weird, which never really thought it would work. Um, and then there's a smaller game that um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's a new game based on the Hellboy comic that's coming out on the 18th. And it's a roguelike game. Uh, I really like the art style they went with. It looks very much, much like Mike Mangola's uh, comic book. We'll see. That game has some potential, but like roguelikes are kind of a tough thing to nail down. Um, but it looks like a fun kind of beat em up game. So yeah, lots of games coming out. Um, and then I was able to catch a number of the new shows because there's been a ton of shows coming out um, this fall. Uh, we watched all of Mike. Oh God, I'm going to mess up his name. I can't remember his last name. Flanagan. Yeah, Mike Flanagan's new show on Netflix, The Fall of the House of Ash. Um, huge Mike Flanagan fan. This guy's done a bunch of stuff on Netflix. I think every year around October, he releases a new miniseries. So he's the one that did The House on Haunting Hill, Bly Manor, uh, Midnight Mass, Midnight Club, and now the, the Fall of the House of Asher. And 
I don't think this is one of his best series. Um, and these are all kind of adapt adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe, Poe poetry. Um, I think each episode is supposed to be based off of one. I don't know enough about his poetry to know. They definitely did one about the Telltale Heart, which is very popular. So I knew about that one. Um, and obviously like the, the Raven. Um, but it, it was a very fun show. Very, I mean, he, he has a, even at when his work's not at his best, like, and I think House on Haunting Hill and Midnight Mass are probably his two best series. So if you haven't seen any of them, I recommend watching those first. But this was definitely extremely enjoyable and, you know, very bingeable, eight episodes, hour episodes. You know, we watched it over the weekend. It was fantastic. Um, caught up on the Great B- British Bake Off. That's just a fun, good, good, good show to, to mix in with some of the horror stuff to kind of change the mood. Um, also started watching Our Flag Means Death over at HBO, a very fun Taiki Watiti comedy um, on its second season. And then I watched a couple episodes of that new Castlevania anime, Nocturne, or Nocturne, which is based off of Richter Belmont, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I know a lot of people really enjoyed the first uh, Castlevania series, and I did watch a little bit of that one. I didn't really connect with that one. This one, I think, is a lot maybe it's just easier to follow. Maybe it's just the pacing of the show. It's just like it's hitting action and interesting beats a little bit more common or a little bit more often. Um, and I've really been enjoying it. So yeah, there's lots of good shows on right now and games coming out. So it's kind of, you Frasier know, that high started. season. So yeah, just saying Frazier started, I heard it wasn't that great. So have fun I, with that, I have Bob. not watched <laughs> it yet. I, I was disappointed when I saw the premise and I was like, made me sad. And I love Frazier so much, like so much. Uh, first two episodes came out though, and uh, I don't know, Mike. Am I going to find this if I look it up on our thing, <laughs> or do I gotta pay for this? Do we know? <laughs> uh, I saw that. Isn't like Fraser's kid like a firefighter or something? I didn't even make it that far. I just, I just looks like Fraser complaining to young people about the internet, which I thought was weird when I saw that in the like I think on some synopsis or reviews. When I'm pretty sure, like, weren't him and Lilith basically having him in all of like the finest schools, and he was basically like a a mini Fraser in the, in the show? I mean, no, that's like early on. The kids rebel, man. You know, Freddie was out there making moves on. The, I should just watch regular Fraser and be happy with my life. That's what this takeaway is, honestly. Uh, and I gotta fucking get a well, par- I gotta get a Paramount Plus subscription to watch this show. Apparently, so I need to. I, I- Knock, I, I hope Eddie's still alive. Eddie's not alive. Yeah. There's no the Eddie. Eddie, the actual dog, the version on the show. There's no way. Yeah, it's, it's Eddie. No. Um. All right. Um. Mike, what do you got this week? Uh. Yeah. So as you alluded to earlier, and piled mounds of pressure on me to deliver. Um, I went to a New York Comic Con uh, this past weekend, and actually a little bit more than that. Uh, I actually went all four days. And this isn't my first time going to a comic book convention. I've been to a few before. Hell, I was even at New York Comic Con last year. And I liked it so much, I decided I wanted to, at least once in my life, go all four days. And it didn't disappoint. Um, I was able to enlist my nephew, Joel, to come with me on all four days. Um, My girlfriend, Jacqueline, came with me on Saturday. 
and then three of my nephews from Utah came and visited and came on Sunday. So it really became a family affair, um, which I think for me made it um, pretty special. Um, probably not a weekend I'll, I'll soon forget. Um, but in terms of the actual con, uh, a lot of the things that I think you would expect if you've ever been to one, there's a lot of different vendors, a lot of different uh, comic books, especially niche comic books that um, if you're not actively looking for them, you're probably not going to know what they are. Apparently, John Leguizamo has a comic book. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and then on top of that, uh, especially when you're going all four days, uh, you're going to get bored of the different vendors if that's all you're doing. So I made sure to sign up for a lot of different panels um, on each of the different days. So I was able to see a lot of things that either interested me or um, one of my nephews, for example, on I was able to see uh, the, the cast of Critical Role speak, a uh, special panel on uh, Dragon Ball and what was coming, coming up with their new show, Dragon Ball Daima. Um, First episode of Dr. Stone, a screening of the new season of My Hero Academia, for example. Uh, my nephew saw the panel on Square Enix where it was announced that Critical Role's Matthew Mercer would be playing uh, Vincent Valentine. Um, I ended up leaving before the Scott Pilgrim takes off uh, uh, oh, that trailer was panel with the, with the series creators. Um, I'm a little sad about that, but hey, it is what it is. And I think for me, the my most favorite panel was actually on Sunday, the Percy Jackson and Olympians panel with the director, the producer, uh, the the author of the books, uh, Rick Riordan, actually came on stage as well. We were able to see the first seven minutes of, of the show and a few other scenes from the first two episodes. So that was definitely a big treat. Um, we were able to chat with uh, a lot of people that are involved with the VFX and the, the the makeup team, which when it comes to a show like that is very important as well. But I think on top of on top of all of that, for me, the most enjoyable part was um, hanging out with uh, four of my nephews. Um, it's been a treat over the last year um, for them to get to know each other. Uh, one of them lives out in North Carolina. The others live out in Salt Lake, so never we have had an opportunity to actually uh, get together and bond. We were able to celebrate one of my nephew's uh, upcoming birthdays, um, which is actually tomorrow on Tuesday, on Saturday with uh, with my parents. So that was a pretty cool treat. So the weekend was exhausting, but it was very fun. How old are they? The youngest uh, of the ones that came over, um, the youngest one, Shia, is 15. Then Josue is 22, Sam 24, and the soon-to-be birthday boy is turning 32. Okay, so they're <laughs> good. I didn't know if we were talking about preteens or what. So they're, they're no, old. no, no. They yeah. all got hair on their nuts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
boys and girls. Um, I think that's it for the podcast. As I sit here wondering, should I buy Mar- Super Mario Wonder and buy Spider-Man on the same weekend? Only knowing I'm only going to play one of them. <laughs> but is Super Mario Wonder not coming out till Saturday? Am I reading this correctly? It's coming out on the 20th. I think it should be on Friday. What the... Uh, oh, twentieth is Friday. Oh, then Spider Man's coming out on the nineteenth. Uh, I think it comes out on the twentieth, but it, at midnight on the East Coast, so it's nine o'clock for us usually. That's usually how it's been going for these digital releases. All right, fair enough. Um, excited. The things I like to play, both putting games out in the same week. Mark, just saying. I know, same day. Yeah, same day. What are they yeah. thinking? Crazy. Shout out if you got a Costco membership, man. Go get those. Uh, was it a hundred dollars in gift cards for ninety bucks? I don't think there's a Nintendo. Yeah, they one do going. it for Switch too. They have one for Switch also. That's that's that. When I got when I pre-ordered Mario Wonder, I did that, and they also have. I think if you're if you're paying for the Switch online, you can do their game voucher thing where you can get two games for. 50 bucks each instead of 60 or something. You can do a whole freaking. All know, right. Gotta buy, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a Rajabi session. About to spend another $90 at Costco is what Mark just told me. As I pull up the Costco well, website, look into that stuff again. Well, you have to find two switch games you want. So what else do you want? How besides much is this Mario game going to fucking cost? I thought this game was like 50 bucks. I don't know. Bucks. It might be, it's, uh, it might be 50 bucks. Where, where well, they from? were, except until Tears of the Kingdom, and now I think they're all going to be 60. I was going to say, like, if it's 50 bucks, nah, uh, who wants to split, uh, some gift cards? Uh, who wants to split some gift cards, huh? 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 Anyway, <laughs> conversation for later. Um, all right, boys and girls, this card's at 11 a.m. Pacific time in the one true time zone, so I'm excited for that. It's early in the day for Mike. Mike doesn't have to go to sleep, you know, before the main event happens. That's pretty exciting. So that is uh, pretty nice. Let's uh, let's check this thing out. And uh, until next week, I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. I want to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. This was episode number a million, I think. Something like that. Maybe maybe that might not be a correct number. What did you say, Mark? Close to 553. 553. This is episode 553. Might as well be a million. Um, Thank you again. We do this for fun, but it's nice every now and then to get a message from somebody saying they enjoy the show. And not saying you have to do that, but my ego would appreciate it. Did that happen? That happens sometimes. <laughs> People will say like, oh, I like it okay. or I didn't, I was you know. Say like it's nice, but I, I do remember I used to be more active on social media and I get more responses. But then I started getting like Brazilians got angry at me about something Jose Aldo. So one of these Jose Aldo fights where I said it was close and then everybody got angry. It was just I don't remember what it was. Um, and then I was like, I got to stop doing this. All right. Dr. Sure. Law, DJ Mark, Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Go Niners. Go Jets. Go whatever sports team if Mark liked it. Peace out. See you. <laughs> three and three, baby. Dude, Mark I... Sanchez jersey. Still, uh, still not going into the department of my closet. Dude, like, I saw my dad. We just, like, every week I've sat down and rooted. Like, past couple weeks I've been at the house during the Jets game. My dad, I'm like, Dad, we just sit here and root for the Jets? And he's like, basically, it's what we do now. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fair enough. Shout out Bob Sala. Shout out Bob Sala. Shout, shout out to Miko Ryan. Shout out Mike McDaniels. Coaching tree, baby. Peace out, everybody.